know, a couple weeks ago, I got the chance to fly to Turkey and spend uh, uh, two weeks uh, doing a study tour. It was an amazing trip that I got to take with my father. Um, but getting there was an adventure. So uh, we, f- we flew out on a Sunday morning. So it was kind of cool because I-, I got to be here on Sunday morning, hang out with the Dream Team for a couple minutes, and then we had to get on the road and get to Canton, uh, the Canton Accurate Airport. And it's beautiful. I love being able to fly out of a regional airport because, you know, you get there, it's, it's small. There, there's, no, there's hardly any, like, line for the security, so you can walk right in, stroll right in, and, you know, say hi to the security. And, and it's, you know, they send you all through. And it's, uh, it's really nice. So we get, we get up there. We've got plenty of time. We're within our two-hour window, which you really don't need two hours at Canton Akron, do you? No, because security is nothing. So we're, we are well within that time. Uh, but the whole point is we got to get to Chicago because Chicago, it's Canton Akron to Chicago, Chicago to Istanbul. Now, so I have to be in Chicago by 6 o'clock. That's the key to all that's happening for us to be in Chicago by 6 o'clock. So we flew out. Pretty early in the morning. It's a, uh, a I forget. It's like exactly. It's like a ten o'clock, ten thirty uh, flight, and so we got plenty of time. So we get to the Canton Acker Airport. We go through security. We t- put our bags into the luggage. We do everything's going smooth, and we're sitting there till about an hour and a half before the flight is supposed to be taking off. Right, like right as they're supposed to be boarding, they go. They come on the, the loudspeaker. We like to say, let you know, and we really apologize for this, but uh, there's a uh, small problem with the windshield of the airlines, air for, uh, the, the, fly, the plane, so we're going to get that fixed for you right away, okay? So just, just calm down. Everything's going to be fine. 30 minutes. That did a great voice. You guys get that? That was, that was the perfect PA announcer. Okay. So, <laughs> so she gets it. Uh, so 30 minutes goes by, and as soon as the 30 minutes, I mean, like, I'm, I'm watching 30 minutes, they get back on the PA, and they're like, we're sorry, we ha- uh, there's some mechanical problems uh, that we need to take care of, so it's going to be delayed 30 minutes. I'm, of course, in my mind, I'm going, okay, we have a windshield problem, now we have mechanical problems, what kind of plane am I getting on? So, you know, so we're, um, I don't have a fear of flying, but I'm getting a little concerned. So, 30 minutes, another 30 minutes go by, and guess what they do? Would you like to apologize again? 30 minutes from now, your plane will be, go, will be boarding. Uh, th- third time. Fourth time, 30 minutes from now, you will be able to board this flight. The fifth time that they do this to me, my, my, like at this point, I, like you guys have all, uh, we have watched online services at, at the airport. You guys are having Jesus. I've lost Jesus. Okay. <laughs> And you, you are, I, so I'm like, okay, this is, I, I got to be in Chicago by six. Let's go. Fifth time. Uh, we like to apologize. If you have a connecting flight, you probably need to make other arrangements. I'm like, you need to arrange something real quick. I'm going to rearrange somebody's face. Uh, I didn't say that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so I, I, I'm in this moment, and it is, so my dad gets in line there at the, right there at the gate, and, uh, but he's got like 20 people in front of him. I go out to the front. I'm like, it's can't happen. I can get back through security quick. So I run out front. I'm like, hey, this just happened, and uh, I don't know what to do. And so she starts, literally, she was making the noise with her teeth. She wasn't doing anything. She was. She, so she's da 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 da. She, 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 so I am, I am like patiently waiting, and she goes, Oh, well, good. There's a flight out of Cleveland that'll get you in uh, Chicago before six o'clock. You just need to get to Cleveland. 
So I call my wife. I'm like, babe, you got to get up here real quick. So she is in the lobby. I'm like, get up here. You can, she drives, flies up to Canton. She gets us at the airport. We fly up to, uh, to Cleveland airport. We are rushing in. And as we're getting out, the guy meets us at the front. He goes, here you go. Uh, I can take your luggage for you if you're flying United. And we're like, awesome. Good. Here you go. And so he gives us the, 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 does the whole like ticketing thing, you know, that sticky thing that they put on your, on your bag. And then in it, he puts a red sticker that says standby. Why, why does that say standby? I said, why, why, why does it say standby on there? And he, she's like, uh, well, he, he goes, well, uh, um, it's going to be on standby with you. Like, no, 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 no. I need to get to, to Chicago. There is no standby. Well, there's nothing we can do about this. I'm sorry. Uh, so we, but I'll take you into the ticket desk and maybe they can do something. I go to the ticket desk. They go, oh, I'm sorry. We can't do anything for you here. You need to go to our customer service. Once you get through the ticketing and through security, there's a customer service area that you can meet with them and they'll take care of you. So I go through security at Cleveland Airport and I go to the customer service desk and it looks like that. <laughs> Jesus, 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 Jesus. I began to speak in tongues. Those of you with a Pentecostal background, you know what I'm talking about. Those of you who don't, just laugh. Um, <laughs> I am in this moment. I've lost it. So I go to my gate. I'm like, well, maybe somebody will be at my gate. You know who's at my gate? Absolutely no one. So for, for the next two hours, I sat in front of the customer service desk like this. I... I was like, I'm going on a trip to learn about Jesus. <laughs> this is Jesus. Jesus, help me. So we get in wait, we're waiting. The gate fills up with people. I'm asking the other people, are you guys, like, you guys got standby? The gate, finally, the screen shows up. It says there's five people on a totally sold out flight that are flying on standby. My dad and I are two of them. So we are, I have a lovely discussion with my, the gate attendant. I'm like, I've got, I, I chose, the, like I was either, I was debating, do I do the whole get on Twitter and blast United and, and yell at her and do all that, or do I do the nice approach? I chose the nice approach. I became her best friend. Like anytime she moved at all, I was like, can I help you do anything? Can, do you need water? Do you need any, like anything at all? I will help you. And uh, so finally... The last uh, line ends, there's nobody else to get on the plane. We are my, it's my father, myself, and there's three other people on standby standing there. And she goes, McDonald's, come on board. <laughs> I was <laughs> so pumped. It was, it was good. We got, to, we got to Chicago in time. Got to fly to Turkey, no problems. Now, you guys, like, that was a cool story, right? has nothing to do with anything that I want to talk about this morning, other than it was a story. Did you notice, as I was telling that story, that you were engaged with me? That some of you laughed, some of you laughing at me, some of you laughing with me. Like, you were in that story with me. And what turns out, scientists have taught us and have discovered that when we tell a story, that we actually have a mind link, literally a neural coupling. As I tell a story, you, my brain, is operating in a certain area. And as I'm telling that story, your brain is lighting up in the exact same area. It's called neural coupling. Here's a, uh, a, a, what, this, what scientists call. So as one speaks, one is listening, 
our minds are literally linking in this, in this moment. And stories are powerful. And we love stories. This is why we spent $11 billion last year on going to the movies alone. Because we love stories. We love hearing stories. We love this. And so what, this whole series is about understanding God's story. This, this series is going, hey, see, what, what has happened is if I'd have told you to begin this message and go, United Airlines has missed this many flights, they have been delayed this many times, and da 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 and gave you all the statistics about United Airlines, you guys would have been bored out of your mind, and literally, science tells us, that your brain would have begun to turn off and been going in other directions. But because I kept you in that story, you stayed with me. And this is, this is a powerful, powerful thing. And what we've done with the scripture is we've turned it into a bunch of data points with chapter and verse. And we've made it into something that is, hey, go here to d- discover what you should know here and believe here and, and all this. And we've turned this, what is God's greatest, amazing story that he wants us to join in. The reason why we called this join the story is that he has given us a story and he wants you to be a part of it. We've turned it to data points. And so what I want to do is I want to re-engage you in the, into the, the story that God has for us. I want to get you in this. And the key to this series is, this, is this, uh, this line. Is that when you value God's story, you would then be able to value the role that you play in his story. That's the point of this entire thing is that we want to help you engage in that. And, and so when we talk about stories, the Bible is full of stories. They're amazing stories. Um, and and it it's engages us. And I want you to be engaged by the word of God. And, and Jesus taught in these. So in your notes there, uh, one of the main verses that we're going to be looking at to, today is in Matthew chapter 13. But I, I want to real quick, want to look at Matthew chapter 13, verse 10, from the message paraphrase. And here's what the message paraphrase says. He says, the disciples came up to Jesus and asked, why do you tell stories? Why do you tell stories? stories. And and so stories aren't anything new. Scientists actually tell us, and this is one of the reasons why I love the campfire illustration, is scientists have, who uh, study the, uh, the the evolution, uh, the development of mankind and the way that our brain works, is that we have, uh, when it was light out and we didn't have fire, we did all the tasks. And then when it got dark, we had to shut down because we had no ability to go any further with anything. But with the, the invention or the discovery, is a better word, uh, of fire, is that we were able to then tell stories. Stories that connected us, developed us, and the relational aspects of who we were went beyond task to connection. This is what scientists tell us. That we are designed to tell stories, to hear stories, and be growing and be connected by stories. And God has been using this from the very beginning. In fact, uh, in Hosea... This is what God is telling them. He's, Hosea is a, is a prophet, and he's telling them, you guys have lost connection with God, and he tells them why. He says, but I am the Lord your God who rescued you from slavery in Egypt, and I will make you live in tents again as you do each year at the festival of shelters. I sent my prophets to warn you with many visions and parables. I sent my prophets to tell you stories, and you guys have ignored them. You guys haven't joined the story. And now you're going to go back to being in bondage once again. Proverbs, the wisest man that, that we are told in Scripture, says this about stories. He says, let the wise listen to the, these proverbs and become even wiser. 
Let those with understanding receive guidance by exploring the meaning of these proverbs and stories. The, the words of the otherwise, uh, otherwise and their riddles, rit, uh, fear the Lord, for, uh, it, the fear of the Lord is the foundation of true knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and discipline. See, stories are powerful, and God has been using stories from the very beginning. His word of the word is a story. So let's look at that verse where we see in Matthew chapter 13. Says that uh, that he is uh, he, the disciples asked why are you telling these stories? So let's go back to that. Give you give you context because when we study scripture, what's important? What's the second most important thing? Third. Oh man, that was not nearly powerful enough. Context, context, context. So Matthew chapter thirteen. I'm going to begin with verse two. Says a large crowd soon gathered around him, so he got into a boat. Then he sat there and taught as the people stood on the shore. So he's using this as a natural uh, microphone. So as he's on the boat, more people can hear him as the, the water is used as the microphone. And he told the many stories in the form of parables, such as this one. Listen, a farmer went out to plant some seeds and he scattered them across his field. Some seeds fell on the footpath and the birds came and ate them. Other seeds fell in the shallow soil and, and uh, the, with underlying rock. And the sp- seeds sprouted quickly because the soil was shallow. But the plants soon wilted under the hot sun. And since they didn't have deep roots, they died. Other seeds fell among the thorns that grew up and choked out the tender plants. Still other seeds were, fell on fertile soil. And uh, they produced a crop that was 30, 60, and even 100 times as much as had been planted. Anyone with ears... To hear, should listen and understand. His disciples came and asked Jesus, Why do you use these parables, these stories, when you talk to people? Why do you use these? And so Jesus replies, and he replied, He said, You are permitted to understand the secrets of the kingdom of heaven, but others are not. And to those who listen to my teaching, more understanding will be given, and they will have an abundance of knowledge. But for those who are not listening, even what little understanding they, they have will be, taking, be taken away from them. That is why I use stories. See, when you read that and, and first glance, you're like, wait a minute. So you're telling me God's telling stories to hide things from, so people don't understand it? No, 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 no. That's not what he's doing at all. What Jesus is doing is his teachings have a necessary response. And as people respond to it, he delivers. See, great questions. On the back of your notes, you can put this. Great stories make us ask great questions. Great stories make us ask great questions. So when the disciples came to him and said, why are you telling these stories? They, we, we need more information and, and help us dive in here. He says... Well, that's, you, you, some miss out, that's, I'm using this, and he, he, after, he, that is why I use these parables. For they look, but they don't really see. They hear, but they don't really listen or understand. He, he's quoting a prophet, Isaiah. You remember the one who used stories, and no one listened, and didn't join the story? He's going right back to that, and he's saying, guys, listen, I'm using stories just like they did, but blessed are your eyes because they see and your ears because they hear. I will tell you the truth. Many prophets and righteous people long to see what you see, but they didn't see it. 
And they longed to hear what you hear, but they didn't hear it. Now, listen to the explanation, explanation of the parable about the farmer planting seeds. See, as Jesus told these parables, parables, the stories, demanded an interpretation. They demanded a response. And so he was looking for people who would say, that's a cool story. What's the deeper meaning? What, what, what did you grab there? And those that anytime that Jesus tells a story and then people come to him and go, what's that mean? He then goes deeper into it. See, great stories draw us in so that we ask great questions. <laughs> they, well, in studying this, I came across a theologian, uh, and his name is uh, K.L. Snodgrass. And, and he says this about parables. He says, they, parables, parables hold up one reality to serve as a mirror of another. The kingdom of God, uh, the, the, the mirror, the kingdom of God. So he's saying, the, the parables that Jesus is saying, he's, is, he's telling one reality so that when you look at that reality, you actually see another reality, which is the kingdom of God. And he says, Jesus told parables to confront and to invite and to live in them. So he's telling the story so that you will be confronted and made to ask great questions. So first question, what is this story making me confront in my life? Now, I'm not going to be able to dive into any stories today. I don't have enough time. But as we go through this series, you're going to, we're going to walk through the stories in the Word of God. And some foundation that I want you to have as we dive into this is that you understand there's some questions you need to ask. So what is the story confronting in your life? What area is it, is in front, is it confronting? And, and as Jesus was telling the story of, of the farmer who's sowing seed, he's giving them some illustrations, some demonstrations of, of what they would know, a, a farmer planting seed. They would have seen this before. They would have known this before. But it was more than just them knowing what was happening. is what was in them that they were supposed to be confronted by. So what is it confronting? And, and here, here's a great way to do this. It's actually, uh, if you've done any management type, you might have gone into Six Sigma, and they, they have uh, a management type. Toyota made this famous. It's the five whys. The five whys will make you wise. So when you have a, a problem, you ask why at least five times. And by the time you get done asking why five times, you'll get to the root of the problem. How many grew up with kids? Then you've raised a child. How many have a child right now that's in the why stage? Oh, God. Do they drive you insane? Okay? Number, let me, let me just say, don't rob them of that why. They're discovering something amazing in the world. Let them ask why. It'll annoy the living daylights out of you. But when they get older, turn around back on them. You got a problem? Why? Oh, you got, you got a C. That's unacceptable. Why did you get a C? Because I didn't do all my homework. Why didn't you do all your homework? Well, because I kind of forgot it the one time. What? Why? Here, here's one. A, a personal, personal one that I'll give to you and I'll share with you why. I, problem. Ran through a red light. That's a problem, right? So the first question is why? Well, I was late for work. Well, why were you late for work? I woke up late. Well, why did you wake up late? Well, because my alarm clock is broke or didn't go off. Well, why didn't your alarm clock go off? Because I didn't check the night before if it worked. Why? Because I forgot to do it last night. See, the root of the problem was last night, not the red light. 
So here's, so when you ask the why, eventually you get to the, the root of the problem. So here's when, when you go into a story that God is giving you, instead of going, I got to go through the circumstances, begin to ask why, why? So why is this here? And then the next thing you, you need to, to, to ask is, what am, I be, what, what am I being invited into? So the why will give you the, the, what's being confronted in your life. You are a procrastinator, or you missed out, and, or you, there's a reason. What's the deep reason why? That's the confrontation. Now, what, is being, what are you being invited to? Well, most likely you're being invited to take responsibility. So let me be you know, transparent here. Why did the, uh, uh, this situation ring well with me? Because this past Thursday, on most Thursdays, uh, Pastor Corey and myself get together and we do it at 530 in the morning. Why? Because he loves hanging out with me and nobody believes that. No, the reason why is because he works a 40 hour job. And he, every day he gets to, he, he needs to be at work at a certain time. And so the best time for him to do it is that he sacrifices and gets up extra early and meets. Now, I don't have to get up at 5.30, but I decide, hey, he's willing to sacrifice, I'm willing to sacrifice. So this past Thursday, I woke up at 6.30. Why? Because the night before, well, we can skip through all the whys. Because the night before, I thought my alarm clock was checked or set, but I didn't check it. Whose responsibility was that? Mine. So what am I being invited to? To take responsibility and check your stupid alarm clock, Josh. This works in every area of your life. Is that what are you, what are you being confronted by? So the story that's happening, what is it confronting? And then why, what, what's, what are you being invited into? So th- what, what is being confronted? What are, what are you being invited to? And the third one is how do I live this out? So how do I live this out. Now that this one's easy. I I check my alarm clock. Simple, right? But when God's inviting you into something, he's going to be confronting you. And this is the beauty of stories because the story of the farmer sowing the seed is going to hit people at different places in their life. It, every one of you, as I told my story of the, the airport confrontation experience, you all related to that in different ways. All of you have been either in security or you've been, you've been, all of you have related to that story in different ways. Now, a year from now, if I retold that story, you would confront that story differently than you did today because your life experiences would be different. The same is true with every story in the word of God. If you are a biblical scholar and you know every story in chronological order from Genesis to Revelation and give and give it to us in one nice spiel, you would yet to have the power of the story fully revealed in your life because every time you approach a story, it's going to confront you differently. That's the power of a story. How many of you have ever watched the same movie more than five times? Anybody that's a movie? You, you, like, I, that's gonna, mine was Man from Snowy River. Yeah. You want to know why? Because my dad made me watch it. And then I watched it again and again. And you know what? My first cuss word was because man from a snowy river. I can remember it to this day. I'm watching it for the umpteenth time. And I know the words step step by step. And he says, you, those of you that know the movie, know exactly what I'm about to say. And I said that from the living room. And my mother came out of the bathroom with the bar of soap. 
See, every time you watch that movie, you watch it in a different way and it hits you a different way. That's why you're willing to watch the same story over and over and over again. The Word of God is a story that is much more profound than any movie that you ever watch. And so we have to understand that, that, you, that you live it out. It makes you ask questions. And here's the next thing is that you have to understand that you are God's great story. You are God's great story. I, I love this, the, the videos that we've been making. Jeff uh, Bray has been putting these together and we're compiling them. And in fact, you can let us know how we can com- get your story on, uh, on our app. At the bottom is share your story. And uh, so he's been compiling these, and I love it. And this past week, uh, one of our team members uh, sent me and Jeff uh, the, the a recording of her testimony. And I listened to it and literally like, was like, wow. I mean, it was like I was ready to jump up, take on hell with a squirt gun because it was that powerful. Like, yeah, let's do this. And, that, and then I sent it to her. I said, that is an awesome testimony. That is an awesome story. And she sent back, I think everybody heard it before, has heard it before. I said, exactly. See, the, the, the people that heard it six months ago are going to hear it different today than they heard it six months ago. Your story is so powerful. And don't ever stop telling your story because it is powerful. It is anointed. And when you tell your story, it impacts other people's story and it makes them confront, be confronted. It makes them go, what questions, what, what, what am I being invited into? And it makes them go, what, what's, what's next for me? How do I put this in action? See, the, the question is then, if you're God's great story, what story are you telling? Are you telling a story people would want to be invited into? Are you telling a story that's like, man, that is awesome. Are you telling a story? Oh, well, God's really putting me through it right now. I guess I'm being tested. Again, are you telling a story that's going to invite people into how God can change their story? See, when you understand you're God's greatest story, you will then be able to, here's in your notes, I put it this way. You need to change your questions so that you can change your story and it will change your life. See, so many times we get this idea that, why me, God? What, what is happening to me? If we'll change our questions from why is God doing this to me to what is God trying to do through me, it'll change your story. And when it changes your story, it's going to change your life and it's going to change lives around you. See, your story is powerful. It's anointed. And when you understand that your great stories make you ask great questions... So when you go to the Word of God, you go to it and you go, what is happening in my life that needs to be confronted? What in my life needs to be adjusted? What in my life is God inviting me into? What's my next step and how do I put it into action? It's, it's so powerful. See, how many of you are wondering why I have, you think, some of you are like, what, does he have a comfort animal up there? So, like, <laughs> this is, uh, anybody have one of these? Anybody have a Beanie Baby? Does anybody remember the Beanie Babies? See, this, this is a Beanie Baby. Was, uh, was put out there by Ty Warners, the, the guy's name. That's why you get the T-Y on there. He, he took a, a stuffed animal, 
It's just a stuffed animal, no different than any other stuffed animal. The only difference between this stuffed animal and the one that has a TY on it is that it added a story. Every little beanie baby has a story. A little description of where, it's, where it was born and what its story is. Ty took a stuffed animal, attached a story to it, and made a $700 million a year company out of it. See, the value of this little guy is not in the guy. It's in his story. When you understand that you are God's greatest story, and when you capture the story that God is trying to tell through you, and you join his story, that's when your value is going to soar. See, your, your life is, is so powerful when you understand that you're not just you, but you are you with a story. It's rock. Just a rock, right? How much would you pay me for this rock? $10. Anybody? Anybody want to give, you, give me 100 It's a rock. See, what you see is at a high price range who clearly needs to work on his money management. (laughs) As a $10 rock is invaluable to me. Because this rock isn't just a rock. See, when I was in Turkey, we were in a, a, a stadium, an ancient Hellenistic stadium, and Maybe you've seen them in pictures and stuff, and they're these ginormous, and they hold fifteen to 20,000 people. And Paul writes several times about finishing the race. And as we're in the stadium, uh, the, the, uh, the gentleman that was leading the, the tour, Brad Gray, was talking about how uh, the Hebrews says there's going to be a great cloud of witnesses that are going to be cheering you on as you finish your race. And I, man, it was, it was a powerful thing. And, And he says, you know what? I want to invite you to take a lap around this. And as you take this lap, I want you to think about the voices that are going to be cheering you on. Man, that was was good. Like, man, this is powerful. I jumped off that stadium seats and literally the rocks that have been there for decades, centuries. I mean, it's unbelievable. I jumped up and I began to run. And in front of me, I captured this photo. That's my dad. See, the story took a whole nother route here. Because as I'm running, I look ahead of me and there's my dad. My dad who gave up everything to start a church in New Philadelphia, Ohio, not knowing a soul here. My dad who paved the way for 25 years, gave his life, sometimes working two, three jobs at a time just to pay the bills so that he could be in ministry too. Dad, who even though he's working two, three jobs and trying to get a church started, never missed one of my events. See this rock? You can't buy it from me. Because the valuable story that's connected to it was I bent down at the end of running around that lap. I picked up a rock that didn't just represent a rock, it represented a story, a powerful story. 
You know what else I did? I picked up a couple other rocks, and I got them in my office, and I'm going to give them to my kids at one point in their lives. Because I want them to look at me the same way I look at my dad. Because it's more than just a rock. It's a rock with a story. Some of you here this morning are looking at your life going, I'm nothing but a rock. You look in the mirror and you're like, just plain old dud. But you're so much more than that. When you join God's story. When you join his story, it's, it's a powerful moment. That causes you to go from a rock to something that can change the world. A moment where you realize you've got a story and it's powerful. Lord Jesus, Lord, I thank you that you will allow us to join your story. Lord, that your story confronts us. Lord, that your story invites us in. And Lord, that your story causes us to respond with how I can live it out. Lord, I thank you. I thank you for what you've done. As you've taken stories and lives in this room. And Lord, I know that there's, there's so much power in this room. Because it's been connected to your story. So Lord, I pray for each person in this room that they will understand the value of their story being connected to yours. Lord, I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.